What's up, Dadhead crew? Ed here. And on this episode, I give you guys my good friend, Zach Rapp. He is the Minor League Baseball Club Services Senior Coordinator at Major League Baseball. That's right. Wonderful title. We talked about on this first part, right? Because obviously, you know, I had to break it down uh, into a two-parter. But we talked about um, his position at uh, at Major League Baseball. Um, we talked about how he became a fan of, he is a Marlins fan, so I forgave him a little bit er, you know, early on because he doesn't remember uh, what it was like for the Guardians or the Indians back then to lose to uh, the Marlins. But, you know, we, we prevailed and we kept going with the interview. It was a lot of fun, guys. So, you know what, without further ado, I'll give you the episode. All right, well, welcome back, guys, to yet another episode of the Dad Hat Chronicles. I have a treat for you guys. I always say this. I have a treat for you guys. Well, you know, I'm excited when when it comes to podcasting. Uh, but today, I, I I have for you guys my very good friend, Zach Rabb. Um, you know, and I'm going to read your title, my friend, because it is a beautiful title. It is Minor League Baseball Club Services Senior Coordinator at Major League Baseball. That's awesome. How yeah, are you doing today, my friend? It is, and it's great to be here, man. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Uh, it's nice to catch up again, and I love I love hearing that senior in my title because this is the first chat I've had with a senior coordinator and not just coordinator. So that's that's exciting. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you. All right, so let's jump right in. Um, I want to know, you know, you as you know, let's get to know Zach as a person, as a fan of baseball. Obviously, we both love this game. Um. But I want to tell me, you know, why baseball? Like, how did you grow up becoming a fan of this beautiful sport? Yeah, I'm a baseball fan through and through. I say baseball is up here and then there's like basketball and hockey and everything else below that. But baseball is far and away uh, my whole my whole life since I was a kid. I mean, I remember my birthday parties as a little kid in our backyard baseball themed. And I remember my first memories with my dad, who gets all the credit for making me a baseball fan, uh, just so many of my family memories going to baseball games together. I grew up in South Florida. So going to that old Marlin stadium outdoors where we had to take tons of paper towels with us to wipe down the seats after every rain delay, uh, hanging out in that football stadium down in Miami. Just so many of my memories, my core memories growing up revolved around baseball, whether it was watching games, whether it was going to games, whether it was little league, whether it was playing catch with my dad outside the house. Um, and just, you know, my siblings became baseball fans too. It's just, Grew up in a baseball household. Uh, I, I used to collect baseball cards all the time. Um, I just, it, just something about it I connected with from the time I was a little kid, and that hasn't stopped. If anything, that's uh, grown got, and expanded. Right. Uh, our collection has become a whole lot bigger as adults. Is it how funny how that works? Yeah. I mean, my baseball card collection has gotten smaller, but my hat collection, uh, since this is a hat podcast, has gotten bigger. I like it. Love to hear that. Love to hear that. Uh, you know, you, you, you said that you grew up in, you know, in Florida. So I want to, you to tell me, uh, your experience and, and mind you, I'm a Cleveland fan, right? But I want to know your experience 97. My experience was that it was probably my bedtime and I don't remember anything. Oh, <laughs> good, good. <laughs> World Series. Um, I do remember, I do remember getting the World Series, like, um, video, the VHS tape yeah, afterwards. Yeah. Um, and watching watching all that, I have some some programs, and I had 
Um, I have some like souvenirs from that. No, no one in my family were at those games. Uh, that was, I was still pretty young at that time. Uh, mm-hmm. But whenever I see a Cleveland fan, I remind them of it. So that I still hold. hold appreciate hold, that. Thank hold, you. Hold true to that. Yeah, for sure. 2003 was a bit more when I was following and knew yep. what was going on. Still, still didn't fully register at that time, but I have mm-hmm. a lot more souvenirs from that. Still have never been to a Marlins playoff game, uh, World Series game. Uh, I actually just went to my first baseball, Major League Baseball playoff game last year, uh, Yankees Astros. So that was a bucket list item in and of itself. And I hope soon one day I can go to a Marlins playoff game and a Marlins World Series game too. And they're doing super good right now. I mean, that's a fun team to watch. Uh, what what Arias is doing is unreal. I do it. It's just a hitting machine. Yeah, it's it's been a fun year of baseball for me. I mean, I love the World Baseball Classic, so starting with that in March and then transitioning into a se- into a season that I've I've just enjoyed. There's been so many surprise teams, mm-hmm. uh, so many teams that were unexpected that are just feel good stories and have some young guys achieving their dreams, and I love that stuff. And the Marlins being one of them, uh, just it's been a really fun year of baseball. Uh, thankfully, I, I I love when I can say that. And, you know, on the work front, too, and minor league baseball, we, we didn't even touch that yet. Just everything's been been really fun and moving smoothly and a lot of positive energy around baseball this year. And I love it. I 100 percent agree with you. Uh, but let's go back because uh, and you said something that I wanted to talk about is World Baseball Classic. Right. Like you you have a personal uh, and you have personally invested into World Baseball Classic for such a long time, um, you know, Tell me about that because you you you're really close to Team Israel, uh, so I really want to know how because that's on my bucket list, right? Like you you know, granted, I've been to a bit a World Baseball Classic now for Team Puerto Rico uh, when they play Spain, uh, but like I mean, you know, having to work with them uh, that had to be such a fun time, really. Yeah, the World Baseball Classic. I've said this before. I'll say it again. The World Baseball Classic changed the course of my life. Uh, it impacted me beyond any other baseball experience that I've had. And this dates back to 2012, September 2012, mm-hmm. when I when Team Israel first showed up on the scene and tried qualifying for the yeah. 2013 World Baseball Classic. They did not, unfortunately, but I was at all those games down in Jupiter, Florida, uh, home of the Jupiter Hammerhead, yep. getting to watch those games. And man, I was hooked. Uh, <laughs> special tournament. I remember reading through that roster, memorizing every player's name, knowing where they're learning where they were from getting to see those players stand uh, stand on the baseline for the israeli national anthem yeah holding holding my israeli flag at that point in 2012 uh, i had been living in israel for for two years uh two plus years so, sure. so that was extra special for me and just it, it evolved I, I waited and waited until they had another chance to qualify in 2016 i flew back from israel to brooklyn home of the cyclones and watched uh, those three games there as they qualified for the first time ever for the 2017 World Baseball Classic. That was that was a special moment beyond belief. Uh, I was sitting with a bunch of my buddies right above Team Israel's dugout, so I'm in a lot of those celebratory pictures. Uh, I got I got some good shots, and memorable moments from from those games. And then once they qualified, you know, 2017 March 2017, they were in South Korea in Seoul for that first for that first round of the world baseball classic. And I was, I think really one of the only, if not the only fan that paid out of pocket on my own, because no other friends were crazy enough to join me. And I flew all the way to Korea, which was honestly my first time venturing out of Israel and the United States. That's awesome. And 
going all the way to to Asia over, over there, it was it was a shock to my system, but the coolest shock in the world. Had an absolute blast. Baseball there is so much fun. Um, baseball, in my opinion, everywhere is so much fun. But baseball in Korea is like next level, different experience. I watched Israel sweep through the first round, changed on a whim my ticket to uh, went to Japan, watched more games there, and got to watch, watch baseball in the Tokyo Dome, which was like like the mind blowing emoji kind of moment. Um, yeah, <laughs> and then just did that. I was I, I just, it changed my life. That experience set me on on the path to where I am now, working at Major League Baseball. A hundred percent. That was that was a moment that everything switched in my mind. That like this this flame that had always been in my mind of, man, I, I belong in sports. I belong working in baseball. That's my passion. It just got reignited like next level. And uh, that's where I am today. And, you know, the world baseball classic came back again uh, this past March and Israel didn't do as well this time, but you're not going to crush it every single tournament. It, it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, Puerto Rico, I don't want to say how that the result of that game turned out. Everyone can look it up if they want. <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to rehash that, uh, but it was still such a fun experience watching that down in Miami in my home ballpark with my family and getting to experience with a lot of friends that flew in. Just the World Baseball Classic is is the best. It is so special. I cannot wait until 2026. It's going to be awesome again. I was just going to say that because, right, obviously, for from a personal side, it really has had a, a massive impact on not yours, your personal life, but also uh, on your uh, professional life as well. But I don't think a lot of people really understand the the how big and the massive influence that that has had on a lot of other cultures other than just here in the United States on how, you know, promoting this game has been World Baseball Classic has been such a huge success. A hundred percent. I mean, if we talk about Team Israel, uh, it's mainly comprised, it's been mainly comprised of Jewish Americans because um, sure. baseball hasn't grown that much or wasn't big mm-hmm. enough uh, to get a lot of natural Israelis on the team that's changing now and youth participation in Israel is changing and the amount of fields in Israel has been growing mm-hmm. because of the World Baseball Classic, because of the publicity, because of the funding that's come out of that, because of all of these Jewish American ballplayers, yeah. uh, some some well-known names that have traveled to Israel and put on clinics and helped support the the youth there and a lot of the youth have been coming to America and playing college baseball now. And it's just the impact has been um, has been impressive. You know, there's still a ways to go, as you can imagine. I mean, the, the national sports of in Israel are soccer and basketball. Uh, mm-hmm. So baseball has a ways to go and you're not going to snap your fingers and it, it improves and grows uh, exponentially overnight. Uh, but the World Baseball Classics impact on the growth of baseball in Israel and honestly, just the I think the the pride of Jewish Americans who love baseball also has yeah. grown. me. I've connected with so many Jewish American baseball players now, both at the big league level, at the minor league level, and now at the youth level, people that have been following me on Twitter now because I've been super active over the past five, six years, whenever Team Israel pops onto the scene and scene and even throughout the year, just shouting out shouting out um, you know, Jewish baseball players that that achieve cool cool things and just do cool things and and achieve new levels and make their big league debuts and so there's been a a renewed sense of pride and a really cool rallying around around those teams Mm -hmm. that i've seen that i've been a part of honestly it's it's special it's cool i was just going to say that because i think it's in you know for me you know and the way i look at it as well is 
when I see Team Puerto Rico wearing the flag and wearing, you know, the uniform, it gives you a sense of pride, right? When you are watching it. And then I think it was very evident when a lot of players were saying, it's like, what are you talking about? It's like, you know, it, you know, World Baseball Classic means so much more than just, you know, you're playing for a regular team that pays you. It's like, this is pride and country. And to see that many players say, it's like, no, we are going to play. We want to play. This means more to us than anything else. And and I, like you said, it has been such a huge impact on, on a lot of people worldwide. When you see players and the countless players saying this is the best baseball, the most fun they've had playing baseball, mm-hmm. it's like little league. I mean, that's saying something. You li- You have to listen, right? Exactly. And these are like big time players saying that, you know, these are big time, you know, minor leaguers, just everyone, everyone says that. And it's that's how you know it's special. When Trout said that he regretted not playing in the past World Baseball Classic and then he wanted to make sure that he played in this World Baseball Classic should tell you something right there on the spot, you know, 100 percent. Yeah. So uh, and, and you know, something that you said that, you know, how much it has ahead of an impact and obviously it has ways to go, but also uh, for Australia. And I believe you work in australia as well didn't you you were there you spent some time there i've never worked in australia i've never lived in australia but i have a lot of friends from australia i almost moved to australia before ninth grade that's a story for a different time uh <laughs> okay we'll leave it but, al- we'll but, leave it alone we'll leave it alone but, uh, but i have i have a soft spot in my heart for australia some of my best friends are from from sydney and melbourne over there and they have the australian baseball league which has grown uh, over the past couple of years i've had a lot of friends that have gone and broadcasted some of the teams some yeah. of the teams there and that's growing. I mean, you see the Czech Republic growing from from this past World Baseball Classic. There's just so many, so many examples. You, I was just gonna say, like the Czech Republic, there was like firemen and and doctors and all of that. And you're like, like when ba- Major League Baseball did that documentary on, like you know, and then they highlighted Czech Republic. I'm like, man, how cool is this? Like they're getting to live their their childhood dream of playing baseball. That's awesome, dude. I I was such a huge fan. I mean, Team Israel's Team Israel's legendary pitcher. His name is Shlomo Lippitz, uh, who I actually created a bobblehead for back in 2021 before they went to the Olympics in Japan. Yeah, that's another story. Uh, getting to create a bobblehead for the basically the Israel baseball legend. He works in programming for a for a place called City Winery in New York City. Like, and then moonlights as a baseball pitcher for Team Israel and throws sidearm. His nickname is is Slomo, like Shlomo. Yeah, uh, because he just throws low sidearm and uh, is the greatest character and the greatest um, uh, advocate for for baseball in Israel and and paying it forward to the youth and the next generation there. But like Team Israel is full of random people that don't always play baseball. But when Team Israel comes around, they play baseball. You bet they do. Yeah, like you bet. Like it's going to happen. It's you know, we're doing this. So. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, dude. OK, so. Let, let's talk about now your what you're doing right now, because I think it's such a cool job, such a cool gig. Uh, so like like I said, you're the senior coordinator for club services for minor league baseball. Um, tell me, you know, how what, first of all, what what do you do and how were you able to be like, you know, this is what I'm going to be doing now? Oh, I'll start with the second question. I had no idea this was what I was going to be doing when I started out my journey to to try to find a career in baseball. But they say everything I say, everything happens for a reason. And somehow, some way, 
timing mm-hmm. and a little bit of luck and some great references and some great people in my corner, I ended up in the most perfect position for me, the most perfect, fulfilling, exciting, fun, um, just role that I could have never imagined that didn't even sure. exist. Uh, so like when I was job searching, I could have never said, I want to be a senior coordinator, minor league baseball club services at major league baseball, because such a title never existed. So now some background on what the title is, what the, sure. what the role is, what I do. Um, as your listeners may know, probably better than, than uh, a lot of baseball fans out there, minor league baseball used to be separate from major league baseball up until the year of COVID. Uh, and then when there was no minor league season, major league baseball, uh, you know, it was, there was a reshuffling and major league baseball absorbed minor league baseball under its umbrella um, and, and reorganized some things that they created two new departments at major league baseball, minor league baseball uh, operations and minor league business operations. These are two teams that they built out dedicated to helping the 120 minor league teams, the 120 amazing and fun minor league teams around the country, mm-hmm. just being a resource for them, helping them, uh, being the liaison for them at Major League Baseball uh, to help them grow and to help them flourish. Uh, baseball operations, as you can imagine, deals with the players, the coaches, the facilities, the rules, um, travel, and all of that stuff. And business operations, which is the team that I'm on, deals with the the marketing and the merchandising and the ticketing and sponsorship and uh, promotions and fun stuff like that. Um, the team that I'm on specifically is called club services, which is like a, a subset of the business operations team where we're myself and three others and our fearless leader. We are a, uh, a really fun, awesome team that our job is essentially to build and maintain relationships and trust, uh, with the staff at all 120 teams. Personally, dedi- I'm dedicated to 28 of the 120 teams. So, uh, all the affiliates of the Marlins, all the affiliates of the Tampa Bay Rays, all the affiliates of the Tigers and several other major league teams that I help all their affiliates. So it's a lot of exchanging emails and phone calls and texts and going on a lot of Zoom calls with everyone at these uh, minor league affiliates. Mm-hmm. Take, for example, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp AAA for the Marlins. Uh, everyone from their their president and GM and VP of marketing sure. uh, down down the line across the entire front office staff to merchandising and social media and broadcaster and basically everyone in between uh, helping them out however I can and my colleagues helping them out however they can um, just answering any questions if they have any ideas if they have any feedback uh, I help connect a minor league team to another minor league team to, to share ideas because that's what we're all about you know we have baseball in 120 I guess 119 different markets. If you uh, count that Palm Beach and Jupiter share, a I was stadium. just going to say that. Like, there's they share the same. Yeah. So we have 119 markets. They're not really competing against each other. You know, everyone has a different fan base. Everyone has a different brand. Everyone has a different location that they that they that they get fans out to the ballpark there. And so we we facilitate idea sharing. We we run a lot of really fun programs uh, that apply to to all 120 teams or whichever teams opt in. We're just there as a resource. And I've built relationships. Um, and just to show show that MLB cares, show that we care, show that we're remembering uh, them and that we're here to help so much. I mean, if you know how many emails and phone calls and texts I've shared with uh, specifically the 28 teams I work with, but also all 120, I worked on some things uh, that, that apply to all 120 clubs. We care so much and we we help so much and it is so much fun. The, the relationship obviously has had to take time to grow sure. and, you know, the trust takes time to be built. Uh, but from when I started, I've been here now almost two years, but as of, as of this recording, so that's awesome, first of all, and just so thankful for every, every moment I've gotten, but 
seeing where it's come from the day I introduced myself in, let's say, September 2021, the day I introduced myself to a lot of the staff members, uh, to where I am now with a lot of them. And over the course of two years, there's always turnover at different companies, different organizations. Mm -hmm. So it's been a lot of building new relationships and then saying goodbye to some people and then building new relationships and saying goodbye to people. Uh, so it's just been this constant flow of, uh, of building trust and building relationships and just helping, helping out my clubs, the clubs I work with as much as possible. And it, honestly, it's been so much fun. I, I've, I've come to realize even more than I knew before I started this role. Um, sports staffs, baseball staffs, specifically minor league staffs are so hardworking, mm -hmm. so dedicated, so passionate about what they do, so caring about their community. And it's just a treat to be able to work with those kinds of people um, and help them out however I can. Yeah. And it's with minor league baseball, like you said, they're hardworking. They, you know, they may be hired for one position, but obviously, as you know, they do, you know, X, Y, and Z position as well. They do a lot of other things that they don't necessarily, a lot of other fans really know about when it comes to minor league baseball. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, and, I think that's where my background, because I did not come from working for a team. I, I didn't mm -hmm. have much experience working for baseball before this, but I do have, I did have experience working for startups. And when you work for startups, this was when I was living in Israel. When you work for startups, you learn how to wear multiple hats. You're hired yep. for a specific role, but you learn how to be involved in a variety of teams, a variety of projects, and take on a variety of tasks. And I think that's translated, and I guess that's what they saw in me when they hired me here that no, I did not have specific baseball experience, but the sure. combine combine the passion and love and care that I have for the sport and the growth of the game with the experience that I had in the startup world and being able to pivot from project to project and, you know, deal with multiple things at the same yeah. time. I've had a lot of respect and understanding of what minor league baseball staffers go through, uh, especially during the season uh, that I've just, I've been able to connect with a lot of them and it's been, it's been awesome so far over, over two years almost. Yeah, I mean, and like I, like we were just talking about, like the fact that, like you know, we met at a at a during bowls game and we we hung out, but like, you know, seeing what I really love about the position in which you're in and then your your colleagues as well is, you guys are saying it's like you guys are important to us, so we are going to travel to your place. We're going to meet with you. We're going to meet with your staff, and we're going to say we are here for you. Ask us, you know, what do we, you know, because I think that you know that. And as fans, right, like at first we saw it like as a negative thing, but like I've seen how positive it has been, how the popularity has been and, you know, some of the things that, you know, the rules that have been tried in minor league baseball and then brought up to major league baseball. Like there has been this constant flow of communication back and forth that it, quite frankly wasn't there before either. A hundred percent. I mean, we see it in numbers. I mean, tickets, uh, sorry, attendance has, has sure. been increasing this year merchandise sales has been increasing this year the exposure of MILB TV on MLB TV has been increasing this year just things are trending so much in the right direction and that's due to you know our extended team just the whole business operations team and baseball operations team the dedication that we've we've built over the past two years mm -hmm. uh, in this new format to, to building trust building relationships and helping out people uh, across all 119 communities in, in in the country and and vancouver of course can't forget them uh, has, has been real and and like you mentioned you touched on we met when in durham and that was a really fun night um a, a double header guy yeah durham durham against jacksonville that was a lot of fun um we travel we myself and and my three colleagues and, and, our, and our and our manager we we travel to these clubs 
I ventured out my first stop last year. My first club visit of the season was Chattanooga, Tennessee. And then I went on to Pensacola, Florida. I've been to Comstock Park, Michigan, which is where the Whitecaps play. I've been to Beloit, Wisconsin, Toledo, Ohio, Jacksonville, Florida, Daytona Beach, Florida. Uh, I've been to Montgomery, Alabama now, Gwinnett, Georgia. I can say I've been to Rome in Georgia. I can say I've been to Manchester in New Hampshire. Right. <laughs> I can say I've been, uh, you know, all, all these different places. Uh, you know, my travels have continued this year. Durham, Durham, North Carolina, Lynchburg, Virginia, uh, with a couple more trips coming up later this summer and, and early fall. It's just, it's been, it's been fun to go there and, and meet the people that we work with and mm-hmm. share a lot of texts and emails with, but meet them in person and show, Hey, yeah, I work for Major League Baseball, but I am more than happy and excited to venture all the way to Beloit, Wisconsin, to meet you all and to see what your stadium is all about, to see what your fan experience is all about, to stay for a game, to meet you all, to to enjoy the the merch offering that you have in your shop and try to decide what hat to buy that day because I can never decide, as you I'm know. With you. Like meet people in the stands, meet their ushers, just see see all the cool stuff that they have to offer and the wacky promotion that they have that night. Um, it means a lot to them. They've, you know, every team is different. Uh, every mm-hmm. visit, every experience has been different, but they, they are so welcoming, so appreciative that we take the time to, to venture even for a day, even for less than 24 hours to go to Chattanooga, Tennessee, or to go to Rome, Rome, Georgia and meet them and see what they're all about. And for me, I mean, I've been checking off bucket list item after bucket list item and getting new life experiences by visiting all these places in in america i have yet to go to vancouver even though one of the they're one of the teams i work with hopefully next season uh that's a bit of a, a far trip from new york city but uh Just i've been able one. to visit yeah i've been able you to can do it in one drive that's fine my, my passport's up to date so i'm i'm ready i'm ready when, when i get to fight <laughs> but it's just been so cool to see different places and and earn a lot like build a lot of respect for for these communities around the country that honestly i would have never gotten to if not for this amazing job yeah, no, I like I said, I think it's been, you know, from me as a fan looking from the outside in, it's I think it's a, it's an amazing job that you guys have done. Let me ask you, I want to it's a two part question here. OK, what does the day in the life of Zach look like, you know, when he's working, you know, in New York to versus a day in the life when you are traveling? Right. Because obviously those are two totally different experiences. And but you still working with minor league baseball teams. Good question. Yeah. Um when I'm in New York, when when I'm based here in, in New York, which is my hub, uh, off season and and in season, quote unquote off season, because there is no off season. No, I was just gonna say there's no off season for people that work in Major League Baseball. Exactly, or minor league baseball. Or minor league baseball, baseball, yeah. Any baseball for that matter. So yeah, in in the off season, the day is filled with a lot of emails, a lot of phone calls from club staffers because that's when they don't have games and that's when they have mm-hmm. you know time time to be at their computer. They're planning very very hard and diligently for the upcoming season. Right, right. We get a lot of questions. We get a lot of ideas. We get a lot of forms submitted and a variety of things. So that's that's a lot of my day. Uh, and I, I run a lot of calls, a lot of idea sharing calls, uh, some calls with updates and reminders at least once a month. And, and just to make sure that they everyone across the country, across all the teams I work with, are updated and getting ideas from each mm-hmm. other. So that's a lot of the off-season. In-season, there, there are fewer emails and calls that come my way because a lot of the club staffers are very busy preparing for their games, especially when they have homestands. So it's a different a different cadence throughout the season versus um, when the season is not happening. It's it's been interesting. People always ask me like, "What do you do during the off season?" I was like, "Well, actually, in my specific role, the off season is the busiest time of the year. The in season 
things work at a different pace. We're still right. keeping very busy. I still send so many emails and, and calls because uh, for every for all the 28 teams I work with, 14 of them are usually home on a given week and 14 are on the road. So I still get stuff from from the teams at home or even the teams on the road. And um, so that's that's in season um, when I'm that's in season and off season, season when I'm in New York City. When I'm on the road, I usually arrive morning, early afternoon, you know, head right to the ballpark, uh, meet with the GM, the president, the merchandise person, the social media, the marketing people, the ticketing people, the sponsorship people, basically anyone that I've been in touch with over the past two years, uh, mm -hmm. honestly, at this point, um, and meet people that I've never communicated with because, you know, they're more on the ground or sometimes I meet the interns and I meet the ushers and I just meet anyone around the ballpark. I'm a very social guy. I love meeting mm -hmm. people. Uh, as you saw, we made we made friends sitting next to us when we were in Durham. Like talking hockey too. On top of that, which was hilarious. Yeah, that was, that was a funny moment. Um, it's just it's so cool meeting these people. And yeah, the teams usually give me a tour of the ballpark. I get to see, uh, and I love seeing new baseball stadiums. Every stadium is different. Every stadium has those little charms and those little quirks, those little nooks and crannies that yeah. you would you would never necessarily see at a basketball arena or a football stadium i just there's just something special about the unique dimensions of a baseball stadium and mm -hmm. uh, the outdoors nature of every minor league ballpark um yeah and then I, and then i stay for the game sometimes there's a fun promotion uh i've been to a couple of teams uh copa games uh i've been to a couple of teams uh this year earlier this year in april i was in new hampshire to watch the fisher cats and they had tribute to boy bands night which was unique and i had never been to a game with that and just been some some fun promotions. Occasionally, I get a doubleheader, uh, like like we watched in Durham. Uh, I've been I've been to Erie for one of their camp day games when it was like an 11 a.m. start, and there's nothing I love more than going to a baseball game starting already at 11 a.m. to to start my day with baseball. It's just so. I awesome. mean, come on, how great yeah. is that? I wait until 7 p.m. to go to a baseball game when you can go to a baseball game at 11 a.m. <laughs> right. Uh, that's my attitude. So I've been it's run the whole gamut of of experiences that I've that I've been when I'm on the road, but that's usually how the, how the day goes and move on to the next city the next morning. And I usually try to hit up two or three teams in the span of a uh, two or three days, uh, one, one day in each city, one day at each stadium and make the most of my time there. It's, it's every trip is special. Every trip is fun. Um, so touching on something that you said, the importance of you, obviously, yes, you're going to go meet the staff and everything. You you meet with them and all that, right? But how important for you it is to really just go to the actual game itself? Um, because I, I, I from what I would think, it's like, okay, I get to experience what they see, right? So if they come to me later on, you know, you get to... Um, you know, bring some ideas or, you know, say, Hey, you know, some of the things that I've seen, you know, during the games and all that, I'm sure that's also super important for your position. Yeah. When I'm at these games, I don't really watch the game to be quite honest. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't have time so much to focus on the game. Again, every visit is different, but I mm -hmm. try, I try to sit in a variety of different spots in the ballpark just to get different vantage points, just to see, see the game from a different experience. Sometimes I sit on, on the team's, uh, the berm in the outfield for a little oh, I love bit the berm yeah sometimes i go up to like the suite level and just pop in and watch from there for an inning or two also to get some air conditioning for a minute um you know i, I usually it's not hot at all right <laughs> florida florida games are hot in, in the summer so uh <laughs> and anywhere honestly um but yeah i pop into the merchandise i pop into the the team store usually for an inning 
Uh, I'm I'm a merch nut. I love that. My background, even before working in baseball, was was e-commerce and uh, marketing, and just so I love seeing the the merch options that teams have. And but like you said, being there, getting to see the stadium, getting to see what they do and how they run around during the game and how things operate gives me an understanding and a perspective when they come to me after the fact, once I'm back in New York and ask me a question or like, Hey, you remember when we, when we were in this spot, like we're trying to spice it up a little bit. We're trying to, you know, make a unique suite or, you know, improve this group space. Do you know any other teams that you visited that had really good group spaces or that had a unique suite uh, or that so-and-so like just all kinds of examples. Um, And the more teams I visited, I visited, 10 11 teams last year and i'm hopefully going to try to visit 12 14 teams in total this year the more teams i've visited the more ideas i've gotten and the more pictures i've taken of cool things i've seen and the more i've then passed it on to future teams i've visited like hey i was in beloit and i saw that they do this really cool thing have you ever thought about this and just sort of sharing ideas and whatever comes to mind when i'm touring Mm -hmm. a new ballpark like hey i saw this in that place have you ever thought about i saw this in that place have you ever thought about that and it's just a constant churn of ideas and that's just the way my mind works too. Uh, you know, everyone, everyone on our team probably works differently on their trips, but that's the way I I've approached it. And a lot of teams have gone on to implement some of the things I've suggested from other teams that I don't know, a, a team in just throwing out uh, an example, even though it's not connected, a team in Gwinnett may not have any reason to ever go to Beloit, Wisconsin and see what they do there. So they're never going to see, uh, you know, what hmm. they can potentially Im- implement something similar or, something that applies to their organization, something that applies to their fan base and their community. And just, so I'm that idea spreader, I guess. <laughs> no, I think that's awesome. I, in the, the, the fact that, you know, and again, this happens a lot with ma- minor league baseball, right. Is like the constant sharing of ideas of like, Hey, listen, this didn't work for us, but maybe it could work for you guys. You guys are in a different area. Although or this really was, you know, successful for us. Maybe you guys should try that. And the fact that, you know, sharing ideas, I think that's a, that's a totally amazing. And I, and I think it's great. Yeah. We, we host, uh, we've, we've worked really hard to host calls where we invite representatives from all 120 teams and say, Hey, mm-hmm. join this call. We're going to be talking, let's say about the the Marvel partnership that minor league baseball has uh, right sure. now since, since last season, we're going to host a call about Marvel. We're going to have a couple of clubs, representatives from a couple of clubs, who hosted amazing Marvel games, who activated really well, who did really fun things before the game, during the game uh, for their fans and promoted it really well. Let's get them to talk about what they did well Mm -hmm. that the other 100, uh, or in this case, the Marvel partnership is 96 teams. So let's say if we have three or four teams presenting, the other 90 plus teams can learn from what these four teams did really well and take some of those ideas, implement it in their ballparks and increase the, the fun and, and the, just the better the experience for their fans at their Marvel games the, the following season. So we've had a lot of calls. We've done that for the COPA program, uh, minor league baseball's mm-hmm. um, COPA program, which which I know you know a lot about and, and are passionate about and just been uh, hosting calls like that, spotlighting teams from all kinds of different locales uh, with big Hispanic populations, not big, not big Hispanic populations, see what they do well, what they do well, what's worked for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that those those have been calls that we've I've loved when we hosted. I I don't run all of them. My colleagues and I we we split up responsibilities, and we're 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 a really fun team, and we really care about a lot of these initiatives, uh, and just trying to help teams learn from other teams and connect teams to other teams so that everyone can benefit, so that the entire minor league baseball ecosystem can benefit, so that all 119 communities across the country can benefit. 
uh, in the ways that that fit those communities. Yeah. Take a lot of pride in in that, and just we've made we've made a lot of strides. We still have ways to go. There's always ways to to improve and come up with new ideas and new programs. Um, but we've made noticeable strides over the past two years. And I think uh, if you if you talk to a variety of people from from a variety of clubs, they would they would agree. They would say the same thing. I, I hope they would. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode with Zach. Now make sure you guys are following him, okay, on all the socials. I'll put the link right there so you guys can give him a quick follow. Also make sure you guys are following Zach Chronicles uh, wherever you get your podcasts as well as I am on Twitter, uh, Instagram, Threads, all of them. So make sure you guys uh, give it five stars and share this uh, episode with someone else so that way they can enjoy it as much as you do. Also don't forget every Tuesday and Thursday at 9 p.m. Eastern time uh, you can find uh, myself, Don Wise and Patrick Larson on the Dad High Chronicle Sports Show, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It is on YouTube, Twitter, and on Facebook. And until then, guys, keep grinding and always support the minor leagues. See ya.